0: Podcast. Hello, people. December thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. We are closing out not just a year but a decade. Sarah. Yeah. um, Just so that everybody knows, I'm still single. (laughs) I am no closer to that elusive um, love of my life. My Tinder date. I ended up. I. You know, we had talked briefly during the week, and. I had suggested Sunday night for a date to meet up, and he replied back and said Saturday works better for me, which immediately turned me off. But I thought, okay. And he said, "This is what is this is what he said." He said Saturday works better for me. If that doesn't work, then I guess it's back to the drawing board.
1: Oh, an ultimatum! How attractive!
0: Like, <laughs> I, I just exactly right. <laughs> like, oh, I see. It's like that. So uh, I replied and I explained, I said, you know, I have work-related stuff and I totally understand if, you know, you don't want to, if you don't want to um, wait around and this is, you know, it's a really, it's a really annoying process and I totally get it if you don't want to, um, you know, if you don't want to continue this. So I logged in this morning and uh, he had unmatched me.
1: Well, (laughs) <laughs> so you know <laughs> and that's why he's single
0: and that's why he's single and so i kind of thought okay that's that i'm totally fine with that
1: yeah it seems uh, like you probably dodged a bullet there
0: i think i dodged a bullet there so yeah so there's that and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go back on today there was one other guy that i was chatting with but I, I think I've said this before. These dating apps, they are not for conversation. Right. And whenever somebody, when it's like back and forth messaging, back and forth, like with... And is it banal or banal? It's banal is it banal?
1: Yeah, I think so. I,
0: I've i been saying banal my whole life. Why is no one correcting me? And back and forth, this Maybe is no banal. <laughs> what? No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. Whatever. Banal, banal. And it's uh, like... Uh, this sort of, so he, the guy said, so are you a twin? And I'm like, well, no. Uh-huh. And he said, because there's a woman in the picture with you, and you look exactly alike. She, hmm. I'm like, no, she's a good friend of mine. But nope, no, that's, oh, that's so weird because you look alike. I'm like, oh, my God, is this going anywhere? Is this going anywhere? And <laughs> after like three exchanges, I was, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm just, I went back to work, and I stopped responding. And I'll probably go back and be like, hey, (laughs) how you doing? Uh, But for the record, don't do that. (laughs) It's not meant for banal conversation, people. It's just meant for, hey, how are you? Want to go out?
1: Yes. Next. Boom. Done. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of that bit of advice, I feel like the guy who unmatched you he did exactly what you would have advised him to do, right? Which is like, if you were an outside party looking at this, you'd be like, "Oh, this person's too difficult. Just unmatch her." But there's
0: I would <laughs> not have said unmatch. No. and I, and there's a reason why I wouldn't have said unmatch. don't unmatch. Um I don't unmatch people because that actually affects your visibility uh. on Tinder. Uh, I had a, I did a workshop yesterday. I taught a workshop yesterday about, sort of how to work the Tinder system and the things to do. And, you know, Tinder prioritizes profiles that uh, are engaged, obviously, active and engaged. So you wanna log in fairly frequently. And I'm talking like two or three times Mm -hmm. a day. And you don't wanna stay on there. You don't wanna do your sessions for like more than say 15, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes at a time because you don't want to be swiping through too many profiles because you might get shadow banned. I don't know what that means. It means you don't come up in searches. So um, we were talking about that, and one of the other things that can affect your visibility is if you unmatch people. And a lot of times people, they, they swipe because they want to see who is selecting them as a match. Don't do that. That will get you shadow banned. That'll get your profile pushed way back mm-hmm. in the queue. So don't do that. And w- don't indiscriminately swipe because a lot of people swipe, get a match, and then they see the, they read the picture, read the bio, and they're like, oh shit, they have cats, mm-hmm. I'm allergic, unmatched. Don't do that because that sort of behavior looks spammy or yeah. bot ish or scammer ish, whatever. And if you will get pushed back okay. into the queue. So don't do that because if you unmatch people, obviously you're not engaged, sure. yeah. right? That's and that's what the what the algorithm is looking for. If you if you are just on there and you're matching and then unmatching or you're not responding to messages or you're not messaging people, you're going to get pushed back in the queue. But what I would have also said is, and I was reading that fucking oh. a little nudge, <laughs> uh, that fucking asshole. Uh, I was reading her. I don't know when it was, what did she, somebody had written in, I guess someone had a date. There was a, there was a date coming up and the um, and somebody canceled like they had a date set up, they had confirmed. And then the day of the date, the person logs in and says, Hey, you know what? I just found out that a friend of mine is a friend from college is in town tonight and they're only in town tonight. Can we reschedule till later in the week? And uh, a little nudge, yeah, and then a little nudge said, no, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me, best of luck. And I was like, you know what? Uh, like, So the, the text chain Shane says, see you tonight. And then, yep, looking forward to it. And then later the person says, I hate to do this, but my friend I haven't seen in a while is in town until tomorrow morning. So any chance we can reschedule for Thursday? And she responds, unfortunately that won't work for me, don't worry about it.
1: So this guy is obviously following a little nook. <laughs> Just taking her advice. I,
0: well, I, I don't know. I don't know who it is. I honestly, I can't. She always says, I'm posting this on behalf of my clients. And it's like, why are all of your clients? Why, why are they all in, like having these situations? Isn't the whole point of them paying you is to help yeah. them? Why is it that everything you post on behalf of your clients is your clients <laughs> fucking up not royally, or yeah. being blown off, or why, <laughs> or not getting a date? So, in situations like this, in the situation in like my with my Tinder guy, what I would always say to do, and I've said this before, reply because you want to be gracious. You always want to exit the situation by being gracious because there's a really good chance that they're yeah. being sincere. Like maybe this person, oh, it's the only time I'm going to see them. I haven't seen them in years, shit. You know, what can I do? And in a situation that you reply and say, yeah, no problem. Just hit me up right. when you know your schedule. And that's it. And you can mentally choose. I'm never going to see these people again. Or, you know, whatever. Don't unmatch them. Don't get huffy or pissy like this. Oh, this woman, honest to God, I want to know who pays her. <laughs> because I will coach you for free. If you pay this woman and and this is this, these are her results. I will coach you for free. This is ridiculous. She's been on, like, being assertive. No, it's not even so much assertive. It's more like standing. I'm going to stand up for myself. It's like, bitch, right. nobody cares. Like, you're listening. I mean, you're pissing not, into the wind.
1: Yeah. That's Yeah, that's not a situation. If someone cancels a date, that's not, like, it doesn't require you <laughs> standing up for yourself. Right. <laughs> you're, you're not being bullied. You're not being bullied,
0: you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, yeah. So the guy on tinder i I don't know unmatching me whatever bitch go right ahead Uh, i'm not i'm not brokenhearted about it and i'll just go back on and swipe but i think i do want to make dating a bit more of a priority this year okay resolutions
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) do you have any resolutions for the upcoming year
1: no i don't do that (laughs) you do at cheese
0: advent calendars but you don't do resolutions
1: (laughs) Uh yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't all right. love all holidays equally.
0: <laughs> Surprisingly. Um, okay. Sarah. Yeah. Talk to me about the Instagram poet that okay. you are were snarking on.
1: <laughs> uh, only a little. <laughs> only I a little. I saw this article in the New Republic um titled Ruby Core is the writer of the decade. Which got my attention (laughs) so kudos to you uh the author of this article is ruman alam who is a novelist um so presumably uh Mm -hmm. this is this is a person who would have some things to say about ruby core that would be intelligent and measured Mm -hmm. um and for the most part it is i mean it's it's like the usual it's the usual thing right it it's quick to point out she's very young it's quick to point out that she uses Instagram to publish which I believe was like in quotation marks in the article publish Mm -hmm. her poetry um (laughs) and uh, also comments on her appearance which is um which Mm -hmm. is attractive just objectively Mm -hmm. so um yeah I don't I don't know it it also um though was pretty fair in saying like well well, these are these are all criticisms that have been lobbed her way before and really if you're responding negatively to her you're you're probably just old (laughs) um okay boomer snobby right um Mm -hmm. which i which i think is true i mean it doesn't like she's not hurting anyone and that's not to say that i don't love the parodies (laughs) because Mm -hmm. i really do uh if you're if you're unfamiliar with ruby core or her her whole thing um she's she is huge for a poet like you can find her books Mm -hmm. in target which i i don't i don't know many other (laughs) working poets um that you can pick up in target right so Mm -hmm. so that's how big she is but she has a very particular Mm -hmm. style that's um Let's say approachable, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, very accessible. Uh, her her mm-hmm. subject matter is very accessible, which also is probably part of her success, right? Because people are not super interested in poetry that they don't understand, right? They don't they don't like poetry to make them feel stupid. So she's, I get it. Like she's, you know, she makes people feel good. She makes them feel like they can enjoy poetry for maybe the first time. You know what this reminds me of actually? And this is how old I am, but remember when Jewel <laughs> had a book of poetry? Yes. <laughs> um, so it's that kind You'll of say yeah. your soul
0: <laughs> That Yodelish type yeah. thing.
1: Well, that was yeah, that was her style of singing and I never read her book of poetry. Um so, <laughs> I have to believe though that had Jewel had access to Instagram, she would have been all over it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at Ruby uh, Ruby Carver's Instagram page. I you know 3.8 million followers.
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I follow her.
0: Yeah, and and here's an example of her poetry. Mm. You were so afraid of my voice. I decided to be afraid of it too. Yep. Now, okay. <laughs> Look, I, I like that. I think it's prof- I I think it's is it pro- profound? Maybe I I think it really her 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 poetry I think it's it hits a nerve. Like there's just, there is something that about it. Yeah. That is
1: really very that is very relatable. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> there's there's something I mean it's almost like it's so it's so banal, it crosses over into profound, right? Right. Because it's so relatable.
0: <laughs> exactly. Wait a minute, here's another one. Ev- Hold on. I think we, I think we both know what we need here.
1: I know what we need. There it
0: is. <laughs> Even if they've been separated, they'll end up together. You can't keep lovers apart. No matter how much I pluck and pull them, my eyebrows always find their way back to each other. Unibrow, Rupi Cower. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> that's look. that's
1: a good example of um, I can't tell if that's her or a parody. <laughs> it's on her page. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, the the parod- some of the parodies are very good. So, I I would highly encourage you <laughs> especially if this is the first time you've heard of her to please google well, parodies
0: but <laughs> here's the thing but remember now she says that the caption for this is hands up if you exited your mother's womb with a unibrow and she's a woman of color mm-hmm. and so like she's it's something very it might sound like a unibrow to us might sound like eh, you know white girls but you know to a woman of color to and i i'm not sure what her background is
1: i believe she's indian um,
0: you know, to an Indian woman, there's something more significant. There's more significance. It's a different significance. Yeah.
1: Right? She's, here it is. She's Indian-Canadian. There we go.
0: Yeah. So, like, there's a there's a significant. God damn it, that piano. <laughs> All right, we get it. You're sad. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, there's a significance. There's a poignancy and a significance to a poem like that, that it's just not going to
1: strike me the way it would an Indian woman. Sure. You know? Yeah, sure. And I guess that's my that's what I thought was interesting about this piece, um, because it it basically ends on a note of like, well, this is um, this is really accessible. <laughs> and, you know, lit snobs don't don't like that. It's easy to make fun of or whatever. But this is this is how people read now. Right. They're all. Mm-hmm. You know, like screens basically have already changed the way that we read and the way that we interact with art and literature. So whether mm-hmm. or not this particular author is, you know, quote unquote, good or whatever, it's she's on to something, which I think mm-hmm. is true.
0: Look down at your body, whisper, there is no home like you.
1: Yeah, that's that's pure jewel. <laughs>
0: But it's—I don't know—I like it, man. I, I get it, and I get that other, and you know, and this—and you brought it up before we started again. This is um, the the ba- any backlash, and there's never been anything really major backlash against her. Like there's been parodies. Right. It's because it's the same thing with Carolyn Calloway, it right? It is
1: exactly the same.
0: It's exactly the same. You know, this young, conventionally attractive woman achieves a level of success that other people are like, wait, what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hold, hold on. She has how many followers and she sold how many books? And she, that's what she writes. Like I could write a poem about my hot dog. Will that get me a million dollars? So I think a lot of the frustration and, and this is what happens. And, and we said this about the host of crime junkie as well. The podcast
1: mm-hmm.
0: crime junkie. Yes. They completely fucked up by plagiarizing um, other shows. Um, but you can't tell me that most of these true crime podcasts, like they, that that they, that they don't copy, that they don't cite, they, most of them don't cite sources either. Right. But the woman who heads up crime junkie is a young, conventionally attractive woman.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And it always seems like whenever a young, conventionally attractive woman achieves any level of success in a way that other people deem easy. She's discounted, but that would never. I don't think that would happen to a man.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no, if it happens to a man, it's because he worked really hard. <laughs> of course, yeah, of
0: course. It's not that you know.
1: Um, I um, I have to I have to share an anecdote, um, <laughs> which I was I was relaying recently. Um, yesterday, I I was talking to uh, my husband about how as a woman, your appearance, it, it it always matters, right? Like, it's always in consideration. So whether mm-hmm. it's counting for or against you, it's always in play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started talking about the website Rate My Professors, which I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's zeitgeisty enough that you've heard of it, but... I have heard of it. Okay. So one of the features, and I think they did away with this, but you used to be able to attribute in addition to your rating on things like clarity and uh style You used to be able to attribute a chili pepper uh which was hot hotness
0: oh my god
1: so um so you would look up a person you could find their their rating overall see the breakdown across categories and then it would it would give you a chili pepper or not based on like how many chili peppers you've gotten. Okay, so. so I will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was in grad school, my office mate received an evaluation that <laughs> she thought was so funny because it started out with, even though she's not hot, <laughs> but then, but then went first. on to say wholly positive things about her teaching. And it, so the mm-hmm. gist of the evaluation was like, oh, my God, can you believe even though she's not hot, she's good at her job. She still has value. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, Jesus Christ. just had this, this whole tone of, like, surprise. And it, again, was a positive review, but it it just was, this person was so bewildered. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, and you know what now that you bring up rate my professor who who comes to mind is part of this lauren duca oh yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: lauren duca she's another one that the minute she achieved any level of fame then everybody tried to tear mm-hmm. her down and i'm not saying she's not problematic either sure she
1: because is she is <laughs>
0: yeah she is um but if she were – I'm sorry. If she were a guy, no one would give a shit. No one would – it's like the minute a woman achieves any level of success, people are after her. And I hate yeah. to say this, but it's usually other women.
1: Well, you know who's having a pretty good week, though, is the Finnish prime minister. Uh, people people are pretty happy with her because she just proposed a um, four-day work week and a six-hour work day. So, oh, Maybe women in leadership no. are okay.
0: <laughs> maybe they're uh, maybe they are a okay. Um, you know what? Watch, watch this. Click. There you go, Rupee. I just yeah. followed you in support. I like her. Yeah, I don't. Uh, and I, I do. don't have and, a problem
1: with her. I I don't find her her poetry um, especially profound. It's I guess it's just you know it's mm-hmm. just not it's not to my taste, which is fine, but. There's, I, you know, I can see the difference between like, oh, that's not to my taste. And I must destroy her. (laughs) Right.
0: You could just Right. Like she hasn't hit that yet. She hasn't hit that yet. Like she hasn't have doesn't have the Carolyn Calloway obsessive stalker weirdos. That's true. Even the the parties
1: do seem to be in good fun. And they are genuinely funny. (laughs) Right. So I'm happy for her. Uh, She's. I don't. I don't know. You know. Maybe she's peaked. Maybe she hasn't. But thought that was an interesting. We'll see. Bit of light news this week. Light news because we keep,
0: keep it light it here. Light. You know what? Um, this next part <laughs> I'm not keeping it light. But I'm. But am It's still. It was an article I read on the cut, and I recognized the author uh, Samantha Irby, and I remember.
1: She used to write for Exo I recognized her, too, and I I thought she was trying to be light, but the subject matter just wasn't. That's how it read to me. Right. Um, It's called I Planned Uh, on uh, Dying
0: Alone. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping it light. And (laughs) Jesus. Uh, I Planned on Dying Alone, then I realized how comfortable love could be. And I thought it was a beautiful article, and I've always liked her writing. Uh, and she's known more yeah. for like comedy,
1: yes, exactly,
0: right? So she, this is let me read a bit. I always assumed that I would spend the perimenopausal years of my life living alone in an unfurnished studio apartment, shouting incorrect Jeopardy answers at my ancient television set, and keeping company with none but a feral cat. I'm not a convenient. Conve- I'm not a conventionally attractive person, and I have an extremely inconvenient bowel disease and growing up i was never lulled into the foolish belief that i would ever be anything other than the wisecracking best friend in the movie of someone else's life no one encourages people who look like me to grow up believing that an attractive person with decent credit is going to slip a misplaced glass slipper over the hairy bunions and corns on her feet and honestly that makes life easier I learned to aim low and take a joke, and I nursed my crushes, my crushes in silence. And seeing that, that's where like my, that's where I start to feel like really feel for her, of you know nursing the crushes in silence. Oh, that makes me sad. Um, I don't know what that I ever seriously thought about getting married until I hit my thirties and started thinking about the various ways I could accidentally die, <laughs> uh, how I could accidentally die alone in my apartment. I'm perfectly happy by myself watching whatever I want to watch on TV um, and wearing a sweatshirt that is not fit for other human eyeballs. But one weekday night at three in the fucking morning, my carbon monoxide detector started beeping. I'm not a scientist, so I assumed that meant I was going to die. And I just lay back down and accepted my fate. What am I going to do? Learn chemistry in time to save my dumb life? (laughs) Anyway, it was fine. Turns out I just needed to replace the battery. But the next morning I woke up and thought if I had slept to death, wouldn't it be cool if there was someone contractually obligated to take care of my body and browser history. You know, this concept of dying alone, this fear that we have of it. And as well as the, the, the fantasy of meeting that person. Like, I feel like those two drive many women To get into relationships That don't really make them happy
1: Do you think it's a woman thing Or do you think men do it too Uh,
0: I think Men are uh, Narcissists And they want uh, a child So that they can have someone in their own image Someone that they can use to Draw attention to themselves
1: Hmm. So then they don't die alone Because their kids are with them Uh,
0: Yeah as long as they haven't alienated them Because of their narcissism um
1: I don't yeah i don't think that's a consideration (laughs) i don't think men are let's i don't think men are afraid of dying alone oh i don't think i don't think so yeah doesn't seem like a possibility to them
0: (laughs) i i i don't know i think men are more afraid of being forgotten
1: yeah
0: right like they want a legacy
1: yeah which is so um i mean I'm, i'm not trying to get super dark but like most of us don't have a legacy you know what i mean right like right most of us are going to be forgotten pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I, 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 I don't fear dying alone. Okay. But I also don't really think about it.
1: I don't look forward to it. <laughs> but I assume I'm going to because I, I assume I'll outlive my husband.
0: Just because statistically women outlive men.
1: Right. Right. Not because I have a plan or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: Is there going to be a podcast about you in 10 years? About how you methodically murdered your husband?
1: (laughs) Make sure my Dateline episode has Keith Morrison, okay?
0: (laughs) Okay. I will. I will remember that. I love it. We'll remember that. Um, Let's see. And not to put it on anybody else, trust me, I'm the worst, but before my current wife, I'd never dated anyone who seemed even remotely interested in committing to me for longer than a basketball season. It's hard to imagine yourself as a married person when you've never gotten to the, is it okay if I leave some extra shoes at your place stage of any relationship? I never fantasize about building a life with anyone because at the time it didn't seem realistic to imagine someone even wanting to be exclusive. You know... I think when you go so long without having it Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you you can't miss what you don't have
1: yeah that makes sense
0: type of type of thing so like and that's what i'm hearing here is that she she had very little long-term relationship history much like me and so it just never occurred to her to to create that fantasy or have that fantasy Mm -hmm. of finding somebody and meeting them and and, ha- and and building a life, and I sometimes wonder if if that w- has been a big part of my problem. Hmm. That it it never that it's uh, in even in my mind, even in all my plans, it's it's it never involves yeah. anybody. And is that because I'm just not used to having anybody, or is that because, um, I. You know, I'm just so detached, or I, I don't know. It's it's something that I'm still really looking into and really trying to explore yeah, a bit it's more. It's really hard
1: to to know definitively. I mean, so so much of it is luck, and I I don't really believe in like the secret, like if you visualize it it will happen, <laughs> kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it's a combination of luck and. Um, and being being strategic about it, right? Like recognizing recognizing when you have something potentially.
0: Yeah, I, I also think it it it's about. And I said this in our workshop yesterday. And I, I said it, at, at at any point, every single person who uses one of these apps, they come to this point where mm-hmm. they just say, "I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the rejection. I'm you know, I, I just give up." Everybody gets to that point, and I really think the key is pushing through that, pushing through that moment, pushing through that doubt, because a lot of people are like, you know what, forget it, I'm not doing this. And I I really do think that if if you do want a relationship, if you do want a long-term commitment, it's about being able to push through the... The pain, I guess, and it is—it's—it's it's physical and emotional pain when you deal with rejection and you don't get any matches and you—you know—you start berating yourself and you start getting down on yourself and you just want to quit. Mm-hmm. It's about not quitting. I think that I think that's what makes the difference because dating nowadays is just so—it's so hard. It's yeah. so brutal on our self-esteem that it really does. It's—it's it's about in navigating these very choppy waters in a way that we can still protect ourselves and and take care of ourselves so that we can so that we're in it for the long haul because i do think that mm-hmm. it, it can be a long haul you know so i don't know I, basically what i'm saying is i think if you want it bad enough and you stay open to it you'll find it yeah I think so i firmly believe that uh okay let's keep reading I met my now wife a few years ago when she tweeted at me. I know this is embarrassing and I am shuddering as I write this to tell me that she had enjoyed my first book. It wasn't even a flirty sex tweet. It wasn't her half naked body draped over a chair holding the book between her thighs. It was like, hi, mom. Hi, my mom book group. Really enjoyed your diary jokes. Have a nice day. Smiley face emoji. This was in the old days when you you could safely (laughs) assume a person was normal and tweet them back. a Thank you without feeling like a pervert. So I did. And then she tweeted back to me and I tweeted to her again and we ended up circling the thank you so much, no thank you so much drain for a few days until I finally suggested we talk on the phone like in the olden days. Even then, it wasn't explicitly a fact-finding love expedition. We talked about books and places to buy cool dresses online and the best snacks. It also didn't seem like a thing, well at least not a thing thing, because we didn't live in the same state. And if there's one thing I have learned in all these years of boneheaded dating errors, it's that it's really worth it to travel more than 10 miles in any direction for a person you have never met before. (sighs) We got to know each other slowly in a way that felt like totally low stakes until eventually a $19 Amtrak ticket put us in the same city at the same time. See, I I like this story because it reminds me of that Hallmark <laughs> that Hallmark movie we were talking about a few weeks ago with Vanessa Hudgens and the medieval <laughs> knight that she <laughs> fell in love with. The point I'm making is that how it can start with something so random. Yeah. And, and that- I find that amazing and that's that's the other reason too where I say, no 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 no, don't give up because it, it it could be the most random way you meet somebody. Yeah. It's about staying open to it and if you but if you stay close to it you know, and you're complaining or, you know, you've set yourself up where you only want to meet a very specific type of person and you don't even consider other people, you're not open to it. Right. And and that's why when people constantly have problems, it's, it's not, if you have constant problems with dating and you can't meet anybody and you are never meet, nothing's working and nothing's sticking and you can't go out on a date or whatever, like at a point you have to, you really have to, do some inventory and you have to ask yourself what is it that's getting in the way here because there's only so much you can blame on dating or a dating app yeah right uh but yeah i love this story because i thought it was it just showed how something so great can come from something so small you know this is the woman sent her a tweet
1: and now they're happily married Mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't understand why she says that's embarrassing it's like she's
0: why what's embarrassing that they started with a tweet?
1: Yeah, that's not embarrassing, man. It's 2019. <laughs> like who doesn't who doesn't meet people online? I, I don't know. I I thought that was I, I thought the whole thing um was it had a weird tone.
0: Like why is she embarrassed about meeting somebody on Twitter?
1: I th- I thought the whole thing was weird. Like the the beginning about the like I'm not conventionally attractive, and bunions, and my it's embarrassing that I met someone on Twitter. Like it had this whole, uh, it, it was it was self deprecating in an unsuccessful way. But almost like she was a apo-
0: like almost like she was apologizing.
1: Yeah, it made me feel uncomfortable to read.
0: Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, what like what I heard, like she said, but she sort of says it. Like that was her cover. You know the self-deprecating, the, the the wacky best friend. Yeah, that's her coping mechanism.
1: It's it's too much, oh. <laughs> um, especially because if you are familiar with this writer, you know that like she doesn't look like Quasimodo. She's not
0: hideous. No, she's not. And I, I think I said this. I rem, I rem, What I remember most about her is she used to write for ExoJane, and somebody from ExoJane, I think it was a, one of the readers, one of the commenters, became irrationally fixated on her. In a good uh, way? Was, no. Like a – No. Uh, like this was one of those people that like – and she got fixated on a number of writers from ExoJane, and I was, I was one of them where – uh, she was that person who was sort of like balls to the wall. I- I'm going to get you, type of person. Huh. And she really, like, she really went out of her way to try and ruin this woman's career. And of course, you know, obviously, interesting. Irby, <laughs> Irby's reputation was was too, you know, was was too good at the, for anybody to even buy what this woman was selling. Right. But hmm. from what I understand, that like it it, it broached into like her personal life. You know, her friends. Being a woman on the internet. It's great. Yeah, it was, yep, being a book. But it was, of course, a woman going after her. Sure. You know? Um, But see, I I do know. I like this. And I guess probably because there's there's something hopeful about it. I like this piece. Um, I like that it's just remind you that it can just start from the smallest thing. Yeah. And I know you say it's self-deprecating, and I guess it is. It is. But I think she's not used to... I think she feels embarrassed talking about this. Like I think she's almost, again, when when you don't when you haven't had anybody, or when things haven't worked out and nothing's lasted, you are a little afraid. You are a little embarrassed right. to talk about stuff because you're like, oh, is this going to bite me in the ass? And you know, do people feel sorry for me? And da-da-da. there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. That's and I'm not presuming to know what's going on in her head. But let's see. Um, at the same time, we tend to think of commitment. Hold on. Wait a minute. We spend so much time believing that there is a perfect person out there waiting for us and that, and that our, our life's primary directive is to tirelessly hunt that person down until we finally catch them and convince them to fall in love with our quirks. Q taking off our glasses to signify the start of a makeover montage, passionately kissing in an airport, and the part where we spend the rest of our lives gazing at them over a farmhouse sink and pristine marble countertops. Most couples haven't come together at the end of a fairy tale rainbow. I imagine most courtships are like, he went to law school with my brother, and we like the same shows, and the sex is fine, I guess I'll die with him, and you know what? That's great.
1: This is the part I like.
0: Uh, <laughs> Yeah. The, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I like that she's on board with us in terms of like uh, butterflies and fireworks are not right, not indicative of a successful courtship. Probably
0: right. At the same time, we tend to think of commitment as a bogeyman, a clanking set of rusty shackles gaining on you, waiting for you to trip over a raised corner of the pavement so, in, so we can lock you up and trap you in its vice grip forever. For me committing felt less like impending doom descending on me to snuff out the flames of desire more like flopping down in a comfortable chair and being too drowsy to get up from it isn't that sexy <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i love that i love that imagery <laughs> because i think I, I get what she's saying it's kind of like oh i can stop mm-hmm. i can stop now i can stop with the charade um, okay, I know it isn't, but when you're old enough to know that fireworks and intense passion, I am so sorry for these gross words, are actually bad for your sore back <laughs> and and blood pressure. Literally, nothing sounds better than just staying where you're at forever with a person who says they want to keep sitting there with you. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I really I liked, liked it. I'll link end. to it. I feel like we're kind of, yeah, I just thought it really got to it. I don't know. I don't know. I liked this. I'm glad I read it the day before my birthday. I think that's probably why this is resonating with me because I am feeling that I am feeling a little like, ugh, because I'm going to be spending my birthday alone again. And I just feel like, Oh, is this, is it always going to be like this? And if it is, am I going Mm -hmm. to be okay with that? So I'm having one of those days. So I like this Samantha Irby thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna tweet at you and i'm gonna put a little funny emoji and tell you that i liked it okay Mm -hmm. and now now we're on to the (laughs) best to the part everybody's waiting for yeah (laughs) the dating questions (laughs) because we we have a the ones we have today are i think pretty pretty solid pretty good (laughs) um let's first address the one that we got from a
1: listener do you have that one up? Um, the first one you sent me? Yeah. Um, I don't have it up. Let's see if I can find it. The one from Charlie. Uh, no, I okay. don't. Okay. You know what? I got it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. So. Oh here, oh, here it is. I just found it too. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm a very fit, work out six times a week, 49, almost 50 year old, and look very young for my age. I have been told I easily can pass for early 30s by both men and women, younger and older. I prefer men closer in age to me since there is more in common with life experience and settled into a career, but I seem to attract younger men, which is flattering, but we are not in the same place in life. Any online profiles I have had, men my age or even older don't believe my pictures, are recent. But when we connect via text or WhatsApp and I say I will do a video chat if they don't want to meet in person right away or if there is a distance between us, they usually don't want to or we do and they get all insecure afterwards. What am I missing? Well, the first thing that you're missing is you don't know what they're thinking after the fact. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know if they're being insecure. You're you're projecting that. That's what you think because you've concocted this narrative in your head. And forgive me, I'm gonna have to pull it back a little bit (laughs) because we had some issues this weekend with speed dating and I'll get to it in a second. Um, this you have this narrative in your head that I'm just too young looking to date men my own age and they don't believe me. What's a girl to do? A, this isn't a question. It's a terrible problem. It's a, it's a terrible, <laughs> no, no, not a question from <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. This is not a question. What am I missing? What you're missing is that you think you look 10 times better than you actually do. That's what. That's what you're missing. You think that you look so different and let me let me explain. I guarantee you that you look, there are hundreds of thousands of women who look just as good or better than you at 50 years old or older. Yeah. You seem to think you're an anomaly and you're not. That's what you're missing. You are not an anomaly. You are not rare, you are not some special gem. This is Manhattan.
1: Yeah, I I have a hard time believing that men are upset. Like, like right? I can't date you. You're just far too young and youthful and vibrant looking. You look too young. it's never. It's not (laughs) a thing. Thing.
0: Not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, absolutely not a thing.
1: Not a thing.
0: (laughs) You know, we had this. We had a speed dating event the other night, and. Two friends signed up together, and it's always the friends, man. And I'm going to tell you, people, stop attending these events with friends. Stop,
1: mm.
0: because either your your match rate's going to be really low because guys are going to be able to tell that you're friends, and they're going to be like, "I'm not going to try and choose between two friends. That's just that's just drama. What if sure. I like them both?" Um, or when you get or when you get there, one of them's going to want your friend's going to want to leave because there's no one there that that she likes. And you have to go with her, which is what happened the other night. So these two women sign up and they turn in their cards before the event starts. And they went to the host and and said, uh, yeah, everyone here looks really old. Now the, the age range was 42 to 55. And these women were 45. Everybody here looks old. And th- with the exception of one guy who I have told multiple times, like, you need to register for events that are closer to your age range, which is in their sixties. Mm-hmm. He's in his clearly in his sixties. Um, so they left and which of course like screwed up the gender ratio. Mm-hmm. But I am so tired of this, you know, I, I, I want to date a guy that looks a certain way in their forties. We've already like, we're not going to, we're not going to beat a dead horse because we already talked about this, Yeah, but I'm going to impress upon people who think like this that you're being ageist it's a bias it's a prejudice get over it this is about your issues with aging and nothing else yeah yeah so
1: i I mean i think a a practical piece of advice uh for this (laughs) questioner uh i would say if you know if people don't believe your pictures are recent why don't you take some new pictures with things that are timely, like specifically go out and take a selfie in front of like a movie poster. (laughs) Right. That way people will know this is recent. Right. Um, This is recent. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a movie poster. That was just an example, but yeah. Take new
0: pictures. I'm going to be one of the, I'm going to do something that I don't like doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I am constantly told I look younger Mm -hmm. than I am. Constantly. I get emails on my on dating apps. Oh my God, I can't, blah, blah, blah. constantly. Do you know how many men don't want to date me because I look too young? Zero. Zero, <laughs> <point> zero. <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah. That's-
0: and that's just to prove a point. Like I'm not trying to say I am an anomaly because I am not an anomaly. I am trying to point out that, see, first of all, if people are constantly telling you how young you look, it's for a reason. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like most of the time they they sense it. <laughs> maybe you're they sense like mm. what?
1: Oh, I thought you were suggesting like, oh, maybe you're maybe you're dressing weirdly or something like that.
0: No, more like um you're one of those people that they can tell you need to be told how good you look. Mm.
1: Oh, well, that's not better.
0: <laughs> so that's what i'm talking about so you know,
1: the thing is at this point i feel like everyone looks younger than they are because we like we're just we look better than those that came before us man we had access to right. sunscreen we didn't smoke like we just <laughs> we all look younger because we're not eating right. bread and you know we just we know more so we all look younger
0: right so you are not an anomaly Uh, what i would tell you to do is if guys are constantly blowing you off it's not because you look younger there's another reason there's another reason and i think you need to look into what what that might be and really any online proof that i had and met my age or even older don't believe my pictures are recent but when we connect via text or whatsapp okay like just meet here we go, and this is what I mean. When you have that extra step, nine times out of ten, you're not going to meet, right? Because they're going to find a reason not to meet you. Stop with the WhatsApping and the fucking instant. Stop. Connect, match, message a couple times, set up a date. That's it. Give out your phone number the day before the date, and and make it very clear. Hey. Uh, if anything changes, shoot me a text. Make it clear that that's why you're giving the, your number, not to chit chat. Right. Because the more steps you add, the less likely it is you're going to meet. Yeah,
1: it's it's possible that what she's missing is she's investing time in people who were never going to pan out anyway. Right. right. Like you don't you don't need to prove yourself. You just need to meet them. And if if the right. photos are really a concern, then like I said, take some new photos with a backdrop that will make it clear that this is now. Right.
0: Okay. And moving on. So here's the next one. Two years ago and a few months before we started dating, my boyfriend came very close to sleeping with a married friend. They had been drinking at his home and although he was very close to being fully intimate with her and was in stages of undress, claims he stopped it right before they slept together. Yeah. <laughs> they then went to sleep and never really spoke about it again. Although he had, he did promise not to tell anyone. They remain friends and her husband does not know. Recently, it was his 29th birthday and we made a small barbecue at my apartment. During the barbecue, I felt uncomfortable and sensed that she was ignoring me. She and a friend wanted to go out dancing while their husbands went home. I told my boyfriend to go with them because I was still cleaning up and because I am studying for the bar and truly couldn't take off any additional time. I also noticed he had been drinking a lot and the girls had made me feel unwelcome. Although I explained that I would go to a closer place, he said he believed they would not switch plans and so he did not ask if we could go in a closer bar. He left with them, although I was visibly upset. (sighs) I got angry because he got back late and was very drunk. I repeatedly asked him that night and the next day if anything had ever happened with either of the either of the girls. He kept insisting that nothing ever happened and that he was not at all attracted to either either what? of them. And I'm going to stop here and say that's the red flag. Huge red flag when the, when a guy says I'm not even attracted to her. Yeah. Yep, that means he is. Eventually, I forgave him after a few days of tense interaction. About a week later, in the context of a conversation, I told him that I really wish he opened up more. He told me that they had almost been intimate before we started dating. Although I asked numerous times if their dancing on his birthday was at all risque, he insisted that it was not. When I confronted the girl, she told me that they were dancing very closely together, but that nothing more serious happened. He explained that they danced very closely, but that she initiated and and he pulled away after 15 minutes it has been a couple of weeks and I told him that I would try to make us work after his repeated statements of love and begging for forgiveness. But I still wonder if I can ever trust him again. No. I believe he has always been, no, exactly. I believe he has always been, spoiler alert, I believe he has always been faithful to me. No. But I also think that when he's drinking. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. (laughs) But I also think when he is drinking, he loses control and has and continues to make major mistakes. While evidence indicates he may at times drink too much, I do not think he suffers from any serious alcohol abuse problems, although he does have a family history of disease. A lot of my concern stems, stems from the fact that his intimacy and ongoing friendship with a married woman makes me believe he lacks the appropriate respect for marriage, something we have been discussing quite seriously. I believe he kept her in his life because he is somewhat lonely for more friends and because the mistake happened one time when he was single. No. (laughs) And wanting a warm body, she initiated, and they have been friends since they were 12 years old. I also believe he does not have any particular attraction to her. Oh, girl. I also understand that people, myself included, make romantic mistakes. At the same time, we have the sort of relationship structured around honesty and trust, the kind that is built on a close friendship. I have not decided whether I should break up with him over this, given my feelings that he disrespected and lied to me. He has, and despite this episode, continues to be the most supportive and loving boyfriend I have ever had. At the same time, I do not know if it makes sense to stay with someone who it may not make sense to trust. And go. And go. Um, Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. yeah (laughs) there's 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 a lot more information here than we need um but it definitely definitely paints a picture um you know i think regardless of what happened two years ago you don't trust him now Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm not sure what the question is (laughs) it also seems like a non-question uh, the question is, should I break up with him just because he disrespected and lied to me? Well, what other reason would there be to break up with someone? Like, what do you need him to right. do
0: before you're convinced? Right. Um, so the only way this relationship could even work is if he ditched the friend.
1: That's Right. Well, yeah. And, and that's, yeah.
0: Not, that's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. No,
1: this, this this is very similar to a letter we got that was also about a female friend, right? And the guy, yeah, the guy was too close to this female yeah. friend.
0: Yeah, uh, do me a favor. Ask me again if I think men and women can be friends.
1: <laughs> I know where you stand right. on that, and I think I think I, I I disagree, but I think there has to be boundaries in place where obviously boundaries are not in place. Here. Right.
0: Uh, there are no boundaries. And uh, she is, this is a codependent relationship he has with the, the other woman, the married woman, the married friend. And this woman is always going to be the buffer. Cause I've been, I've been this woman. I I had this relationship with my friend Caleb and we were friends for however, 25 years. And throughout every relationship he ever had, there was me and I was the buffer and I was the one who Luca (laughs) and I was the one who I fulfilled parts like what he was lacking, not sexually because we never slept together where there was never anything physical between us. Um, But I was, I was, I was, I was fulfilling something in that relationship and I was his way of like keeping his foot, keeping one foot out of the relationship And it, it, and it took me a really long time to figure out that we were just very codependent and very unhealthy. And it's for the best that he is not in my life. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, eventually he got married and there was, you know, we, we had that conversation of like, this is, there's stuff, there's always been this thing and between us and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, there was, and, uh, I see that in this letter. Cause I can tell you that's the type of relationship he's having with this married woman.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the very least he, he's like you said, he's keeping one foot out the door. Um, He's, he's getting something out of this friendship that is causing his girlfriend to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's not, that's not for nothing. Right. Right. It's not you overreacting. Right. You're picking up on something.
0: Yeah, you're picking up on something that's 100% there.
1: Right. So maybe they already have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. Doesn't, they have. doesn't really matter, right? What matters is feels bad right now. Well, yeah. I think they have to, yeah. But yeah. but it doesn't matter because if they have, it was before they started dating. So, Do you um, think? Well, if that was the only time.
0: Yeah. Bottom line, I don't trust this guy. Uh, yeah, I don't trust this guy. And, you know i have to ask i i I probably shouldn't ask this but it's like girl what are you doing letting this dude go off to a club drinking with these two women (laughs) like i don't know like to me that's not something i would do if i knew that there was like they almost slept together i'm not sending my guy off like yeah why don't you go to a club with her and get drunk that sounds like a that sounds like no problem
1: well i think this is so this writer is 26 which yeah. i'm i'm going to assume she's still trying to be cool girl about this. Yeah. I think that's what that was. Yeah. But I really don't know many straight men who want to go to the club just to dance. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know I'm sure they're out there, but I don't think that's what that was. So, you can you could put cool girl aside and Yeah. And go ahead yeah. and say this is not. I'm not comfortable with this. This is not normal. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where we're, I think we 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 do we, we become so afraid of like putting our foot down about certain things because we don't want to be a nag and we don't want pe- people to think we're jealous. You know what? It's got nothing to do with that. It's got it has to do with look alcohol bar. You two having a history. That's a very bad combination. I'm not. I'm not comfortable with it.
1: Well, also, that was his birthday. Why is he not spending his birthday with you? I don't care how right. tired you are. He he should spend his birthday with his favorite person, which should be you. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so uh, I would say ditch this guy. For sure. Ditch this guy because that he's never going to get rid of that woman. That woman is always going to be in his life, and she's always going to be in his because they're codependent.
1: Well, either that or he's a person who's always going to have a, like, a work wife, right? Or, or like, yeah. there's always oh, going to be a woman. Adorable. Yeah, a woman outside of his relationship that's around the periphery because he needs to feel like he's getting attention or whatever.
0: Yeah, 24-7. He can't function without a, a woman wanting him everywhere he goes.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, not, he sounds adorable. Ditch him.
0: All right. Sarah in closing you got anything anything
1: break up with that guy break up with that guy uh take new photos take new photos
0: (laughs) (laughs) happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday to me thank you happy new year to you sarah Thank and, you. oh, so I I posted this on Instagram. I love those cards you sent me. I haven't opened the birthday one yet, but I love Good. the little drawing of me and Luca. And I love my <laughs> hair. I like how you draw my curly <laughs> hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved it. Thank you for thinking of me. Much appreciated. And uh, happy new year. Follow us on the things. Womenology pod. Join the mailing list. Womenologypod.com. We're doing more workshops. more workshops in the new year. Send us questions. These questions are great. Yeah. The questions are really getting good. I like the juicy ones. And uh, enjoy the compliment, I guess. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year.
1: Bye. Bye.